Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday a Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or those people that call corn dogs meat Twinkies, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And in the trenches with me today, I've got a really cool guest. He's a FedEx driver by day and a podcaster by night with the Matter of Theology podcast. And he once told his high school principal that he was going to play in the NBA. Interesting. That's right. We have Mr. A.G. Martin. So, Mr. Martin, uh, before we get going, uh, first off, what does A.G. stand for? And two, why did you think you were going in the NBA? <laughs> okay, so so first... Uh... My full name is Andrew Gerald Martin Vanita. So it, it's a lot harder to say Vanita than it is to just say Martin. So I, sh- I dropped my, my last name and I said, you know what? We'll just, we'll just go with AG Martin. It's a lot easier, uh, to say and just kind of put out there. So AG yeah. stands for Andrew Gerald. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so now the MBA story, uh, I went to public school my whole life. And, you know, I grew up playing basketball and baseball. I'm an athlete, you know, just by nature. Uh, So, but I love basketball. That was, you know, I I think I was better at basketball than baseball. So I went to this, I I was interviewing at a private school uh, and I was going there specifically to play basketball and baseball. And so I'm sitting there with the principal and he's interviewing me and he says, well, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And without missing a beat, I look him dead in the face and I say, I'm going to be in the NBA. (laughs) No joke. No joke. He takes out his Bible, turns to the book of Proverbs, and then proceeds to tell me why Proverbs is a book of wisdom and why I should read it every day. (laughs) Because <laughs> he just thought, yeah, I've got a, I've got a short white kid in front of me. I, well, actually, okay. I don't know, I don't know how tall you are. Yeah, um, I, but I, I am short. I'm, I'm yeah. five seven. But okay. I did I, that year. I was one of three seniors that led that school to its first state championship in basketball. So, dude, that's amazing, man. So that's I'm awesome. no, I'm no slouch on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're like that guy. In, uh, what's the guy on YouTube's name? Uh, the professor. You oh, seen yeah. him? Yeah. The, the small white guy that's just that's like. Right, yeah. b- Breaking everybody's ankles out there. Yeah. Well, in the school I grew up in, man, you had two choices. You had wrestling and you had basketball and they went at the exact same time. Mm. Right. And uh, we, we like to say that all those who couldn't wrestle played basketball. Right. But mm. the truth is that wrestling was for the short white kids that can't jump and couldn't make a 10 foot shot to save their life. So I wrestled. I got gotcha. you. So, hey, AG, before we get going, man, uh, give us just a short bio of who you are. Um, married, kids, what you do for a living. How did you get into that? Tell us a little bit about you, man. Yeah, so I'm from Georgia and I am married. Uh, my wife's name is Brandy and we've been married for a little over a year. So we're still in that kind of newlywed stage where we're figuring each other out and getting used to living with one another. Sure. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's an adventure. All fun, all fun all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm a FedEx driver uh, during the day. And I really just got into that because one day I needed a job. Yeah. And I had a buddy that was driving for them. And I called him up and I said, hey, man, are y'all looking for any drivers? And I had experience driving commercially. And he said, mm-hmm. well, actually, yeah, we're looking for a part-time driver. So I got in touch with the contractor, went down, did all the applications and all the tests that they needed. They liked me. They brought me on to train. And they just they said, well, yeah, when can you start? So I think I was a part-time driver for a week before they made me a full-time driver. And I've been there 
for about six years, six years this month, I believe. That's awesome. So what's, what's the best part of that job, man? Definitely the freedom that comes with it. Uh, you know, I don't have someone really over my shoulder telling me what to do. I mean, the job's pretty simple. You scan the package and leave it, you know, (laughs) it doesn't get any simpler than that. But, uh, I mean, all day, I mean, I can go as fast or slow as I want. And I, I really just listen to podcasts or lectures because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, it, I mean, it, it, it's a great job. You know, yeah. I can't. I really sometimes I do complain about it, but I, I really can't. When you, when you step back and look, you can't complain about it. What's the hardest part about that job for you? It sounds like it's. It sounds like overall it's awesome. Uh, right. Yeah. And, uh, but there's got to be something in there that that grinds your gears a little bit. Uh, the the first thing that that's irritating is dealing with the people that run the warehouse that you go in and, and load at. That's, that's uh, the, the most difficult part, but uh, probably the packages that you have to lift because some of them get to over a hundred pounds and you've got to load them up and then you've got to take them, you know, to deliver them. And then some people want them delivered to their front door. That's up 17 steps, you know, and you're like, sure. you know, it, it, it takes a toll on your back for sure. Yeah. 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 But Hey man, it keeps you in shape, man. It keeps you good for those, uh, for those basketball games, right? That's right, man. I don't need to pay for a gym membership. That's right. You literally work at one. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) It's leg day every day, baby. Exactly. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about how Christ found you, man. Give us, give us the, give us the story of how you came to faith in Christ. Yeah. So I was uh, 17 years old and we had just started going to church when I was 16. So uh, I was new to the youth group and I was really just going because there were, you know, cute girls in the youth group. And I was, that's why every guy really starts going to the youth. group. That, that's true. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so I started going and the youth pastor, he kept hammering the gospel, you know, and, and it was almost like he singled me out every time. Like he made it a point to meet me and, and give me the gospel. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much I resisted, he was really just chiseling away at my heart. And then finally, it was just the Lord grabbed me and changed my heart, drew me to himself. And I mean, that's what happened, you know, at at 17. So from there, I started actually having the desire to read God's word. And of Mm -hmm. course, I started where every new Christian starts, the book of Revelation, because you want to know the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was that where I was supposed to start? (laughs) I missed missed that memo, man. (laughs) So so it wasn't until like I've read the first couple of chapters and then someone told me, yeah, don't start there. Yeah, no. (laughs) Maybe start in in. The Gospel of John, or something like that, you know. That's right. That's right. Nah, no, nah, man, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start Leviticus and Revelation. Those are gonna be the two. That <laughs> <Yeah>. I... <laughs> that's right. Oh man, that's awesome. So you're obviously, um, let's see, are, is it one of two or one of three co-hosts of one of, of your three. podcast? One of three. All right, and it's Matter of Theology. Yeah. Right. Podcast. Uh, you can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, and you, what you guys do, and what I really enjoy. Um, I just finished your guys's. I'm, uh, admittedly, I'm a little behind. Uh, I've just finished your guys's uh, episode on the sufficiency of Scripture. Okay. Really, really loved. Um, and what you guys do is look at the culture, look at the church, and issues within both of those, yeah. and work through them from a theological and biblical standpoint. That's right. right. Yeah. Which is. The only standpoint that we should be working right. them through, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, give us just a uh, you know before before we get into some of the other topics, just kind of give us a um just kind of a tour of how you, you became a Christian at seventeen, mm-hmm. kind of your journey into what we would 
call reformed theology or the doctrines of grace and you know digging digging deep into the theology of scripture because you and your co-host obviously have a love for it yeah anybody who knows me for five minutes knows that i'm a huge theology nerd we mm-hmm. can talk about it for hours yeah. um so what was that process for you? Because it looks differently for everybody. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I actually didn't get into Reformed theology until, golly, a couple of years ago, really. Oh, I mean, right. I, was at, I was at a vineyard church, and I, I was oh, really yeah. ignorant to to the differences, you know, what's reformed and what's not. I was really just going to church and, and learning what the pastor was teaching. And mm-hmm. we were out uh, at a college group. And that's what brought me into that church that um, was a college group at the Vineyard Church. Sure. And so I'm, I'm friends with all, all the pastor's family and everyone. And and after one of those those college group sessions, you know, my friend Becca, she looks at me and she says, you're Calvinist. And I'm looking around and I go, what's Calvinist? <laughs> I mean, I had no clue. And so I, I was like, well... Yeah. And why does it sound cool? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, who's Calvin and what's that? That's right. That's right. Uh, so, so I really, from there, I started, you know, researching the doctrines of grace. And I, you know, I found guys like Steve Lawson and R.C. Sproul oh, yeah. and, yep. and John Piper. And I go, and, and I'm looking at the theology and the consistent teaching from the beginning of the Bible to the end mm-hmm. of the Bible. And there's just mm-hmm. that consistent theme of God's sovereignty all over the place. And I go, you know what? I am Calvinist. So then from that point on, it was just, it was almost immediately I entered my cage stage. And I I was literally just going to ask, I was going to ask if you're out yet. (laughs) Yeah. So so you have your cage stage free card. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I can still see the cage, uh, but I I am out of it, but I can definitely still see it. It's in view. You've got to extend grace because grace has been shown to you. And a lot of people really, they are reformed. They just are inconsistent about it. Yeah. Fantastic story. So, Going to church right now, mm-hmm. uh, where are you going to church, and what's one aspect of your church that you really, really appreciate? Yeah, so I go to a church called Four Points, and it's confusing Uh-oh. because we are five-pointers. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, uh, which one are you letting go yeah. there? Huh? <laughs> no, we are five-pointers, but uh, no, we're called Four Points uh, okay. because our church is centered around uh, Four Points, which is love, devotion, passion, and legacy. Um, okay. So, but what drew me into the church was, and it's what I appreciate most is the uh, expository preaching, mm. because that's what I wasn't getting at the Vineyard Church. Sure. And so, uh, actually, when I was leaving the Vineyard Church, I went to the pastor because we, you know, we were really close, and he asked me, you know, why I was leaving, and I said, well, because they teach, you know, expository. Uh, mm-hmm. expositionally over here. And, and right. that's how I learn. And I believe that's how it should be done from the pulpit. And he understood. And he said, well, you always got a home here if ever you need want to come back or whatever. And um, so he's, he's very gracious. And then, but since I've left, he's actually started incorporating some expository preaching in his messages now too, uh, oh, which okay. I really need to see. Cause I've, I, I went there for about eight years and I never saw it. And now I'm oh, starting yeah. to, you know, some of the live feeds that they do. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool that you're starting. We, I mean, we need to talk a little about context and application, but hey. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're you're more in the word now. You're right. 
Right. Yeah. Well, le- and boy, leaving a church after eight years like that, mm. that, that had to have been hard. It, um, it was. But the good thing is, is I'm a lot of the people that I was friends with, I'm still friends with and I still communicate with. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's a, a good thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, serving at four, uh, four point church, four point Bible. Sorry. Uh, four, four points church, four points church. Okay. Uh, so serving at four points church, uh, what ways are you and uh, maybe your wife now also, what ways are you guys involved in serving in the community of your church there? Yeah. So I'm an intern at the church. And so I have a lot of different things that I've got to do, you know, like things mm-hmm. like printing bulletins for the youth or setting up tables or whatever. But yeah. there's three main areas that I serve in, and that's our children's ministry, which is K through five, okay, our youth ministry, uh, sixth grade through 12th grade, and I serve on the worship team as well. Um, okay. And what my, do you play? I play guitar. Ah, nice. All right. Yeah. And and so, you know, my <laughs> wife, she she's never served in church before. And so now she's starting to get into it and she's starting to serve in the babies. Uh, awesome. Just holding babies. And uh oh, I, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know where that goes. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what everyone was telling me. I, are you sure you, I, you know, and I said, you know maybe, may, maybe send her to the middle schoolers first. Uh, well, well, this is what <laughs> I said. The reality. Yeah. Well, what I said is I said, you know what? Maybe send Send her to toddlers. Send her there. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. Where they're mobile and really, really messy. That's right. That's right. What ways would you say, when you think about Four Points just as a whole, what ways does your church, uh, the leadership specifically, mm-hmm. encourage and facilitate service and involvement with the community at your church there? How do they, how do they put the importance on service? Well, we definitely put that in the announcements, and we say, if you have kids yeah, that's right. and you put them in in the kids ministry you are going to serve but i mean we definitely we, we we do put it in the announcements that we would love for people you know we don't force it upon people but right. we encourage them uh to say you know we want you to get plugged in and th- the only way that this works is if everyone is together in this. So we have uh, different things, like especially visitors. Visitors come in, they get a visitor card. And being an intern, the next day, uh, we call the visitor's mm-hmm. cards. You know, because one of, one of the ways the church drops the ball is when you have people that come in and they want more information and then no one reaches out to them. Sure. So, sure. so that's yeah. one of the things that we do as interns is we're kind of the first line of communication to these visitors. We call them. And one of the things that, you know, as conversation progresses is talking about where you want to serve or where you see yourself serving in the church. And then we encourage them next time to pick up what we call a passion card. And a passion card is basically just lists all the different areas that you can serve in. And in every area, there's a deacon over that area. Okay. So you come in, you fill out all the places you might be interested in serving. Uh, it goes off to the deacons of that area. Um, and, and the deacons now reach out and say, hey, you know, when would you like to get plugged in? You know, you can shadow so you can kind of see what, what goes on and then we can get mm-hmm. you, you know, on the on the schedule and rotation. What's what's something that when you observe um, the elders of your church and people that are in charge of the ministry, what's kind of the, I guess, the philosophy of service that the mm-hmm. church puts out there or kind of the, um, I guess, kind of the what's the what's the motivation mm-hmm. that the 
leadership of the church puts forward as mm-hmm. this is why service is important. Right. Well, obviously it's, it's because Christ didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And right. if we are to be Christ-like, well, then we are to serve as well. And we are to serve joyfully, you know, mm-hmm. without grumbling. Uh, so, so that's kind of the philosophy that, that comes forth. And especially with our elders, because we have fantastic elders. You know, they, they they not only just serve in an eldership role, but they serve at different places within the church. Yeah. You know, they, they, they fill in in children's ministry. You know, our pastor, right. if he's not on a day when, you know, he's not preaching, if he's there, you know, he'll go hold babies as well. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's, that, that's a model you don't see all over the place, you know? Um, right. So, so that's one thing that I love about our elders is that, they're not willing to dive in and serve wherever they're they're needed. Yeah, yeah, that that's fantastic. Yeah, and and that's one of the greatest ways, at least in my opinion, that you can facilitate excitement and passion for service in oh, church yeah. is if you're seeing the 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 men that are in leadership uh, being more than willing and happy and joyful to get down there on their hands and knees and scrub the toilets, hold okay. the kids, you know, like, like all of that, all of that. It's so important for the congregation to see that. It's so important for me to see that. Yeah. Right. Um, because like you said, it's the image of Christ. That's how Christ mm-hmm. came and served. Right. right. Um, so when you think about service, just in general, both in the church and as your job as a FedEx delivery driver, right. Mm-hmm. Two very different aspects of your life but they are united by the fact that you are a Christian, mm-hmm. right? And that you are filtering everything through that Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. How does your Christian worldview infect and affect your service, both in church and in the workplace? Yeah, sure. Um, so everything we do, we are to do unto the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. that that should be our mindset as believers, that right. it, it's not just when we're in the church walls, but it continues when we go out. So whether it's, you know, being patient with people, being understanding and gracious to people, I mean, Mm -hmm. in Atlanta, you got to have a lot of patience and grace to drive through Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) You you haven't been to Seattle, pal. (laughs) That's true. We did go to LA and I I was, I was scared driving on the 405 in LA. Yeah. Yeah. People are crazy, man. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's the same principles apply. You know, if I'm Mm -hmm. devoting my life to Christ, well, then I naturally have to apply those, those principles and those lessons in my everyday life. Even the words that come out of my mouth, if I'm talking to my boss or if I'm talking to just the clerk at, you know, the supermarket that messed up, that, that, that messed up scanning something or whatever, you know, it's right. If I, if I believe what I say, I believe, well, then that needs to be displayed in my actions, not just in the church, but outside as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's putting, it's putting actions to the words that we have. Right. 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 That like our faith needs to be validated by our conduct, Mm -hmm. right. And how we act. Right. Um, so how would you go about, say you have someone come up to you and say, AG, I've got, this desire to serve in church mm-hmm. um, is something that I want to do, but I do not believe or you know f- feel as if um, 
the service that I do is important, mm-hmm. that it's valued, that it actually holds any type of substance or value in the grand scheme of things. So basically, they are just disenchanted with just the concept of service in yeah, church. How would true. you go about biblically counseling them? Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. bring the, 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 <laughs> biblical, the biblical counseling yeah. background we, we've got here, right? Yeah. Um, how would you go about counseling that person and saying, no, service is important, and this is why? Yeah, sure. Well, well first, I would say, uh, since you mentioned feeling— I would say uh, you might want to talk to Nick about your feelings. Uh, <laughs> but facts don't yeah. care about your feelings. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. But uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and okay. For those who didn't see his podcast, you, you can't see anything. When I said feelings, I gave a big old air quote. Just, <laughs> j- j- just so you know, I'm not. I'm not abandoning my. Uh, forget it. Go ahead. I, I can caveat the heck out of this podcast. If yeah. I'm not careful. <laughs> Go but, ahead. Continue. Uh, um, but but let's take for example uh, the coffee. Maker, the person who's, who who makes the coffee and serves the coffee. Yeah, you know they yep. make they may come in and they may say, uh, "Well, you know this this is there's no point in this. I'm just you know making the coffee and putting it out." Well, no, there, there's no meaningless service in the church because you're not yes. just you're not just right. making coffee and putting it out. We live in a society that runs off caffeine. Okay, <laughs> yeah, especially up here, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so you're making the coffee and putting it out for the people to come refill their cups so that they can stay awake and alert during the service or dealing with your kids, you know, whichever one. And, and they can be they're awake and alert to receive and understand and pay attention to the words that are being proclaimed to them. You know, so so there's no meaningless jobs. Even making right. the coffee it, it is service to the body that's beneficial. What do you think about the the culture of modern day Christianity? What do you think their view is of service in the church? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of the church culture comes from the, the world's culture, right? Mm-hmm. We want yep. to be served, you know, because now everything's at our fingertips, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got this yeah. this computer that I can hold up to my to, to my ear and talk and I can also search whatever I want and buy things with it, you know, and we can do it just like that, you know? So people don't want to wait and they want to be served because they're used to being served. But Mm -hmm. I think it also depends on the church that you attend and what's being taught from the pulpit. Right. Mm -hmm. So so let's look at uh, three different examples, right? If the message that comes from the pulpit is centered around you, well, you're going to show up looking to be served and not serve. Uh, yep. If the message that comes from the pulpit is moralistic teaching, right, the, the idea that uh, you just have to be good, well, when you serve or you're called upon to serve, you're not going to serve from a place of joy. You're going to say, well, I have to serve or else God won't bless me. Right. Or, right. But the, the, the last option, uh, if, you're, if your messages are gospel-centered, you know, focused on Christ, well— what are we going to do? We're going to be imitators of Christ because Christ came to serve and not to be served. Therefore, I'm going to devote my life and use the gifts that God has given me for the edification of, of the body of Christ. You know, right. So, I mean, it all depends on, uh, one, how much of the culture are you letting into your church you know, mm-hmm. and, and what's being taught? So a, a, a great example, if we look at uh, Grace Community Church, Right, John MacArthur has been preaching there for fifty years. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you go to Grace Community Church, the people that serve, it's unreal. They do it 
with a smile on their face. They're happy to do it, whatever you need. I mean, and what that shows is the, is 50 years of faithfully preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you ever get to talk to someone from Grace Community Church, you'll be blown yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just think the rapture is tomorrow. I mean, That's who wouldn't right. be happy about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good discussion for Chris, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I've never met an unhappy Disby. I, <laughs> I will be completely... <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> so you touched a little bit at the beginning, uh, the first two examples of this this kind of the, the consumer model. Mm-hmm the consumer mentality that that has infiltrated into the church, right? Um, and I think that that has caused some misconceptions of what service actually is and the reasons, the motives that we have for service, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about the some of the misconceptions or the bad reasons for serving in church, what are some that you have perhaps experienced yourself uh, you know, when you were a new believer, some that you have seen in the church mm-hmm. where you hear people wanting to get involved, but there's some misconceptions there uh, oh, as yeah. to why it's important um, and what it looks mm-hmm. like. Well, I mean, I'll definitely give examples of me uh, mm-hmm. when I very first started serving actually in the church when I was in the Vineyard Church. And yeah. it was when I started serving on the worship team. Okay. And, you know, because my whole life, uh, I wanted to to learn how to play guitar from even before I started playing sports. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, I'm an '80s baby, so Guns and Roses was really big, Def Leppard really big. So I just want to be right, one man. of those guys <laughs> playing guitar, right? Uh, That's right. So, so when I finally, you know, learned how to play guitar, and they had a need for a guitar player, well, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it not because I'm in a position where I can help bring people to the to the throne room of God in holy worship but right. to to stand on stage with my guitar and my pedals and say look at me and watch me play yeah. the solo right here listen, right? listen to this holy shred man it's right. going to be great <laughs> that's right i th- i think i'm probably the only guitarist to use a wah pedal in a worship setting, you know? <laughs> that's right, man. Hey, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever brings people closer. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt led by the Holy spirit to do that. So it's the whole, it's the Holy wah pedal. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> oh man. But, but no, I mean, seriously, I think, you know, w- when we look at service in the church, because mm-hmm. of the culture that we live in, oftentimes we are self-focused. Mm-hmm. We want it to be about us and we want to serve because of what we think we might get out of it. When right. the reality is you're not supposed to get anything out of it. You're supposed to serve because you're called to serve and you're called to serve joyfully, you know, as mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to to serve the body, you know, at every opportunity that you have. Let, let's bring this uh, from the church. Let's take those yeah. principles and now let's apply them in the home. Right. Yep. Because because mm-hmm. especially as a newlywed, you know, the, there's there's times where me and my wife, we bicker and stuff. And a lot of times, what do I want to do? I want to point out where she's being selfish. Mm-hmm. But what's the selfish attitude I'm taking? What am that's exactly right? Why am I calling out her selfishness? What what's to benefit from it? Well, what right. I need to self-examine myself. And then you know what? When I self-examine myself, I see where I'm selfish. And then I see, you know what, where I need to actually serve her and not myself. Right. Yeah. I can think of maybe, maybe one instance where I was completely 
innocent <laughs> in a situation, right? And even and even that one situation, I'm probably I'm probably fooling myself. Right? That, that was an instance she let you have that one. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. That's when she was actually being more holy uh, than me, which is actually usually all the time. But um, but yeah, no, exactly. It's just it's it's this shift, and it's so countercultural. It's so it's so opposite of what the culture puts out there is that you need this mentality of what can I get out of this? What right. you know? What what's in this for me? What's what's how can I elevate myself and make myself look better? Yeah. Yeah. And Christ like you said at the beginning is the example flips that on its okay. lid yeah. and mm-hmm. you see the creator of the universe getting down and washing feet. Yeah. That's humility, yeah. right? You will never be called to get lower than Jesus Christ. That's right. Ever. You, right. In the can, minute. That's right. You can never give more than he gave and nope. you can never, you can never be lower in, in humility than, than he, than he was. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And if we keep that at the forefront of our minds, which is, basic Christianity, keep yeah. Christ and his gospel That's right. right in front of your face. Uh, it provides the perfect filter for everything. That's um, so Christ is our ultimate example for sure, but he has given us the blessing of having men and women surround us mm-hmm. that are incredible examples. When you think about Christians that inspire you to follow Christ harder, follow Christ faster and closer than you do now, who are those Christians for you? And what are the traits that they possess that that spur you on toward that? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, immediately, m- my first thought goes to my buddy Brian. Uh, mm. He's a he's a youth pastor at a Vineyard Church in Tuscaloosa, and we disagree on so much. I mean, mm. obviously, if he's in a Vineyard Church and I'm I'm in a Reformed Church, we're going to disagree a lot, yeah, slightly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sure. but but the thing is, is you know, it, and he listens to the podcast as well, and if there's something he doesn't agree with or whatever, you know, he'll text me, he'll call me, he'll say, Hey man, let's, you know, let's, let's talk about it. I I see what you're saying. I don't quite agree with this, but he does it lovingly, you know? Mm -hmm. And if he's got any criticism towards me, it's, it's, it's only to better me, Mm -hmm. you know, he just wants me to improve. So it's the, the loving brotherly aspect that even though we disagree on several things, like that's my brother in Christ and actually care for his soul and for his, his embitterment. And so, you you know, he's one that I can lean on and he's one that actually, you know, if I'm in a a tough spot where I I just need a good voice of reason, I'll call him up and I'll say, Hey man, let me run some things by you. And he'll get, he'll give me godly biblical counsel that's i mean just wise beyond his years you know and it's i'm I'm very thankful for that and that friendship and stuff one of my favorites from church history is john knox you know i absolutely scottish that's right um i mean in the boldness that he had to stand for truth to look mary queen of scots in the face in her own castle and condemn her idols you know yeah. That's boldness of faith right there. Well, hey, AG, we have come to the end of the podcast, man, but not yet. It is time now for the Monday hot takes. Mm. And this is where I asked you a bunch of random questions. Oh. You give me the first thing that pops into your head. You ready for these? I think so. Favorite movie? Public Enemy with Johnny Depp. Oh, oh, okay. Going dark. But I, I will also add Pirates of the Caribbean. So you're just a Johnny Depp fanatic. That's I, that's what I'm getting. I mean, at. have you ever listened to him play guitar? <laughs> see, favorite band or slash musical artist? Does it have to be Christian? No. Okay. It's just your favorite. Okay. Gun, yeah. Guns yeah. and Roses, hands down. 
<laughs> I, I'm an 80s baby, man. Guns and Roses. <laughs> have you seen Axl Rose lately? <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not. Have you heard Axl Rose lately? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he sounds. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> awful. <laughs> Touché. Old, yeah. old and awful. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, worst book you've ever read? Oh man, uh, Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. Oh, because it's it's garbage. You got to unhitch yourself that's, from that book. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it talks about why he started the type of church that he does, and you can mm-hmm. clearly see why there's no gospel preaching. Yeah, not very deep, but very wide. Uh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's why you you can walk through that with sandals and not get your feet wet. That's right. <laughs> uh, what's the best part about Mondays? That's actually my day off. Well, dude, so literally the entire day. That's right. Uh, let's see. What's uh, the best book you've ever read? Best book I ever read was probably uh, Steve Lawson's biography of John Knox. Uh, let's see. Coffee or tea? Energy drinks. Wait, was yeah. that on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is now. <laughs> That's right. Intraveniously. <laughs> uh, what is something about current Christian culture that is annoying to you? The vague worship music that's put out. Yes, thank you, man. That I could oh. that I could sing to my wife and it not and not have to change any words. Yeah. Well, well, you could sing to your wife and she would still hate it because it's too sappy. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that. Yeah. That and the lack of of gospel teaching. Uh, let's see. Favorite food. Cheeseburgers. Okay, from any particular place or uh, just you, you know, it, it was Whataburger, but after being at In and Out Burger, uh, oh. I love In and Out Burger now. I know. Yeah, we don't have the closest In and Out Burger to me appears in California, mm-hmm. I think, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's almost worth the yeah. the overnight trip yeah. just for the burger. Uh, least favorite food. Huh. Uh, soup. I don't like soup. <laughs> just, just soup. It's wet. It's liquid. What? What is it? <laughs> no, no. So my wife, when when she cooks, she likes to cook soups. And so she'll ask me. She'll say. She'll say, "Hey, babe, I'm I'm gonna cook dinner. What do you want?" And I'll say, "Well, I don't want soup. Uh, I don't want that." So <laughs> how does that go for you? <laughs> she, she just looks at me with. Like, well, we're having soup. (laughs) Basically the same way as if I started the conversation, look here, woman. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. We will have the soup Mm -hmm. and we will enjoy it. Uh, Let's see. What's the best vacation place, man? Oh, the beach. Love. Yeah, just just any beach. Sand, salt water. I love being in the water. Uh, What's your go-to karaoke song? I like to move it, move it. (laughs) Oh man, I was, I was expecting something from uh, from GNR, but all right, we'll go. We'll, I mean, we'll go I mean, I, I could do that, but it's so straight stressful on the voice. So I like to keep it to to songs that have very minimal words. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Best advice I've ever been get, given is to err on the side of caution. All right. Well, hey, man, we have come to the end of the podcast for real this time. Uh, Before we get going, uh, I want to roll the red carpet out for you. Tell us what you got going on. Tell us about the podcast where people can go to find it. Uh, Red Carpet's yours, man. Go for it. Man, uh, Matter of Theology podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're working on some, trying to get some YouTube content up as well. Instagram at Matter of Theology. One word, I believe. I think that's it. Uh, We have a Twitter account as well, which is at Matter of Theology. No, it's at Matter Theology. M-A-T-T-E-R Theology. 
I wasn't going to spell theology right there, <laughs> but we also got a, a Facebook group as well. We kind of wanted it, you know, similar to the reform pub where people can just come and they can just post things and, and start theological <laughs> and, and then, and then get banned and then get banned. That's right. Yeah. We need to create a like reform pub recovery Facebook group yeah, for all the people that have been banned for <laughs> asking for scriptural proof for something. That's right. <laughs> How dare we? That's right. Uh, well, AG, we have run out of time, man. I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me today. It was a joy having you. Thanks, yeah, it was man. great being here, man. Well, hey, everyone, you can head on over to iTunes and leave a raving review and a five-star rating if you don't mind. We really appreciate that. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. You can head over to facebook.com slash podcast for podcast info, and we put the episodes up there as well. want to thank you all for joining us in the trenches today and we will catch you on the next step of every day a monday